When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grab a blanket and get comfortable. The Grab a Blanket podcast starts in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Things with Wings Productions presents Grab a Blanket, the podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. We've all lived through some trying times the past couple of years. We've had to find new ways of doing things and creative solutions to problems we'd never dreamed of. We've had to revisit our relationships with work, family, friends, and even ourselves. And when things became overwhelming... We had to dig deep to find ways to bring a feeling of comfort, joy, and safety into our lives. In this podcast, we'll explore the different ways we find solace and peace of mind. This is your moment to settle in, get cozy, relax, light a candle, grab a blanket, and spend a little time with us as we explore the various paths that people take to add a little joy to their lives. My guest today is Annie Enneking. Annie is a lover and a fighter. She writes songs about having a body at a particular place in time. She fronts and founded the potent, mischievous rock band Annie and the Bang Bang, who believe in energy, poetry, and animal intelligence. Andrea Swenson says, Frontwoman Annie Enneking leads the group with an honest voice dedicated to telling the stories of underdogs and unsung heroes. Sin Collins says the band performs vibrant real rock. Annie also writes more mellow, singer-songwriter-based material under her own name, all of which is spare and true and hurts just right. Another passion of hers is the theater, where she crafts violence for the stage, allowing actors to tell violent stories with their bodies in a safe and repeatable way. She also teaches the art of stage combat at the University of Minnesota. Annie is mother to Flannery and Harper, the wife of a firefighter and writer, Jeremy Norton. She has three dogs and lives near the Mississippi River. As promised, each episode of Grab a Blanket features a recipe provided by our guest. Annie has chosen to share her recipe for sour cream coffee cake. Be sure to check the show notes for it. Okay, it's time to get cozy, settled in. The comfort station starts now. And my guest today is Annie Enneking, a local musician here in Minneapolis. Annie, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? 
Doing great. It's nice and warm today. I seem to talk about the weather with almost every guest who lives in Minnesota here. It's just a thing here, right? It is. And what I, I stepped outside briefly and I was like, oh my gosh, it's very, very warm today. So I decided to go for a walk, which is one of the things I find most comforting. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know that that whole spring is here and yeah, it's, it's a great comfort to see the snow melting and then we get a little bit of ice, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get over it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> great. So you're a musician. How did you land in songwriting or how did that spark for you? Was it something that brought you comfort originally and does it still, or is it something different? Yeah, no, it brought me a lot of comfort. And actually I was an actor for a long time. So I've always been acting or involved in theater in some way, but music has also grown up along. I've been growing as a musician that whole time too. So when I was about 15, my first boyfriend bought me a guitar and I'm self-taught and um, so I would listen, the artists I liked at the time were like Joni Mitchell and Cat Stevens. And so I would just buy music books that had the little diagrams of how to create chords. And um, so, yeah, just sitting alone in my room and playing guitar and, and learning how to play the instrument and then writing was very comforting to me. And I've journaled since I was about or written every single day since I was about 12 or something. So I've just been writing the whole time, too. So it's a habit that I'm in. And uh, I also um, find um, structure and um, habits very comforting as well. So do you then pull from your journals when you're searching for lyrics for a song or, or does it just come from somewhere else from the outside? It depends. Sometimes I'll be doing a, um, a writing exercise in my journal and I'll find a line wants to lead me somewhere else. So I'll circle it and, and come back to it. Um, but also going on walks is uh, places where um, lyrics or pictures come to me sometimes too. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just find different avenues to pursue songwriting as a craft. Um, but yeah, writing every single day is very important to me um, in terms of being a songwriter. Or I mean, yeah, in terms of creating material for songs. So you said that with the journaling, there's a there's like a habit or routine there. Do you have other routines? Like if you've had a a crummy day and you you come home like what's your kind of routine to bring comfort to yourself or to make your day a little better if I can move a little bit that's very helpful um I teach uh, stage combat at the University of Minnesota so uh, I know a couple of times a week I'm guaranteed that I'll be inhabiting my body in a way that makes me feel powerful um so I find that very comforting and um definitely going for walks clears my mind um, my uh, youngest daughter is a power lifter. So sometimes I'll go um, lift weights and that feels comforting as well. I think it just gets me in touch with my ability to um, take on something that's a little challenging and mm -hmm. then push through the part that feels challenging to, um, to a feeling of success. And, and um, I, I like that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the physical feeling of strength kind of translates to a mental feeling of strength. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Especially if I feel overwhelmed by anything, if I just move my body, then I can uh, be present to the moment I'm having and, and that relaxes me. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So when you go for walks, are you, are you in an urban setting? Someone I spoke to before said they drove out like to a wooded area and they would walk kind of more in the wilderness, but then other people prefer city walking. What do you like? I like both. Um, but I happen to be living not very far from the Mississippi River. So going for walks near the river is really great. 
um, and finding when we first moved here, um, I didn't know the area at all. So I would just go get lost for hours at a time. And that was incredibly um, enjoyable um, because I like to not know where I am. I like to feel a little bit lost um, because that also helps me think creatively because I have to sort of piece thoughts together in a different way. Um, But yeah, so I live, I live by the river and so I have wooded areas near me, which is great. Nice. Yeah. Water seems to be a recurring theme too. We've heard rivers, lakes, beaches. There seems to be something about being near water that, you know, I guess suppose it's a deep set survival instinct as humans, but also there's just something really comforting. I think about the sounds and maybe even the smells of water nearby. Yeah, I agree. I also, but I miss uh, New Mexico a lot. I, I grew up for a period of time in New Mexico. So I miss mountains and I miss like a, ah. a desert and dryness. Like that is something I really associate with my um, childhood. Um, so I miss, I miss that. And I almost got to go to New Mexico, but then the, the prices of flights were far too expensive. So I, I just, I couldn't go, but yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Hopefully that'll all kind of fall back into place now with the <laughs> with this pandemic and all the craziness. Speaking of which, this has been a strange year, especially for performers with you being an actor and a musician. What uh, what did you do during that time to kind of keep it together and, and get through these couple of years where being able to perform for audiences was more or less impossible for a while? Well, my band, we, we all, okay. Each individual band members bring like their particular strengths to the group. And, but one of our band members, Mike is a, is it like a um, really um, proficient with his hands and building things and, and crafting like, you know, organizing space. And um, so he and I talked about how we could make the rehearsal room safe. And so he built the whole area. So each of us had our own plastic quadrant. So, um, even when we were in the really the beginning, the throes of everything, um, we were able to be together once we felt safe and we yeah. were going to be masked um, uh, to get together once a week and uh, rehearse. And so we wrote a whole album and recorded two albums during that period of time. Um, so that sort of regularity of being creative with a group of people that I love was really important. And we were able to achieve that. So we oddly got a lot of stuff done during the pandemic. So we didn't get to perform, but we got to create. And then uh, last summer we're performing everything that we had created, which was great. That's very cool. So you've had a good couple of years, really, ultimately. Yeah. 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 Despite disadvantage despite everything yeah. yeah do you have a preference between creating and performing or are they kind of on equal footing for you they're on equal footing yeah I mean I definitely love uh connecting with an audience and connecting with my bandmates in the presence of an audience you know there's this mm-hmm. that gets generated um so I do love live performing very much and and um exchange that exchange of energy um and I also just like diving into a moment in a rehearsal space. So it feels very, it's like a private thing of, of being creative with one another and just taking time and re, and redoing something over and over again and really trying to figure out what it is we're going for, what kind of thing we'd like to have happen and seeing how we can achieve it. Um, and each of us has um, different ideas of um like goals that we each have as musicians. Like I wanted to be able to solo a little bit more, but I didn't really know what that meant. And I, you know, I um 
and felt nervous about trying to do it, but we've created a space together where it's like, oh, I'm going to be bad. I'm just going to be bad for a little bit. And, and then I'll find my way to something that makes sense to me and feels really good. Um, so that's very comforting too, is to have an environment where you can be like, just be terrible at what you're trying yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Like that safe space where you can just be yourself and try things and fail and it's okay. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Yeah. So you touched on your childhood in New Mexico in the desert. Are there things that back then that brought you comfort? And of those things, are there things that you've carried into adulthood, whether it was a routine or a certain food or a certain object or anything like that? Well, I think what was instilled in me at that time was just collecting rocks and like bones and little pieces of wood, things like that. So I'd go on these walks and just just find things. So I was about between the ages of four and seven when I lived in New Mexico, or I can't remember, six to eight, but it was sort of formative years. So everything felt really dry. And um, so I liked, and I had to look at the ground a lot because I was walking barefoot. So there were all these rocks that I had to deal with and also snakes. So I had to be very conscious of what space I was in. Um, so I would just find little things that uh, on the ground that felt like trinkets to me. Um, and I've carried that into my life. And uh, I, uh, if I'm walking in an ur- like in an urban environment and I see rusty metal pieces on the ground, I'll pick those up and I'll make them into like necklaces or um, just keep them as souvenirs. Um, but uh, yeah, and yeah, it's just something about the heat and the quality of light in New Mexico that brings me a sense of calm and peace. So even when I can't be there, if I think about it, um, I'm can sort of take myself back to just being in the mountains and walking around. So I guess walking, going on a little adventures has always been part of my life. Yeah. 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 Discovering and then creating using those discoveries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So everyone else I've talked to loves food. Are, are you, do you love food? I do love food. Okay, great. So what are some foods that bring you comfort? Are you a sweet tooth or savory or what, what do you like? I'm like mashed potatoes are really comforting. No, yeah. Macaroni yeah. and cheese. Um, and uh, and we have a joke around my family because once a week, like I really want to have Thai food. And mm. I don't know that that's comforting so much as it's just something I love. And I guess participating in an activity that I love it brings me comfort. So yeah, I love Thai food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And cereal, like I'm, I'm kind of all over the map in terms of like what I would like to, to eat and feel com- comforted by, you know, do you do the kids cereals or do you do the grown up cereals? Okay. Kids cereals for sure. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Sweet. If it doesn't have stale marshmallows, is it even really cereal? <laughs> <laughs> How about with your family? Did you have big celebrations when you were younger or even now, I suppose? Like, do you did you do big gatherings or, or was it a smaller group for you? Um, well, we would gather with my extended family for things like Thanksgiving, things like that. Um, and uh but I don't associate food so much with my extended family as much uh, as much as I do with like my my small family, you know, my own little family, um, and you know, favorite dishes that we have here at home. And like my husband cooks a lot, and um, so yeah, things that we all make together. Like my daughter and I like to bake, you nice. know. And, and, um, yeah, so there's usually something fun going on in the kitchen. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love Thai food too, and what. I especially think I love about it is that I can't cook it at home. And so it's a really special, I mean, I've tried and it was 
okay, but it didn't satisfy that craving. So I think there's something really great about foods that I can't replicate. And then you go and find those somewhere else. And yeah, there's something really great about that. Yeah, I totally agree. I, yeah, I really agree. And then it also feels like a treat. You know what I mean? It's just something kind of special that I can look forward to. It's not as regular as once a week. I mean, I said once a week before, but it's sort of within, I know within two week period, I'll, I'll be having Thai food and I always look forward to it. And I almost always get the same dish. And because I just want that thing. If I, if I found a thing that I really like, why wouldn't I keep wanting to experience the thing that I really liked. <laughs> yeah. I do the same thing. I yeah. do the exact same thing. Feel yeah. that way about, I don't know if you've been here. There's a small restaurant here in Minneapolis called Victor's Cuban cafe. Yeah. And um, yeah, for, for those who've never been there, you, you can actually like bring a Sharpie and write on the wall or the napkin hole. You can write anywhere in the restaurant. It's really great. Um, but that food, yeah, although it looks relatively simple, but there's something about the flavors that I can't replicate at home. So, so good. And the corn cakes and yeah, yeah. the beans. Yeah. So good. I love it. Yeah. yeah even the beans. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's in there, but yeah, it's a, that's my little special treat. Um, I'm going to skip on to a different topic um, about living things or people or pets or plants, or I guess rocks in their own special way are kind of living things. Is there a special living thing in your life? Obviously your family, but maybe outside of them that brings you comfort. I love our dogs a lot. We have three dogs. One is Otis, one is blue and the other one is Lulu. And the thing about the dogs is interesting is that I didn't like dogs for a really long time really, really long time. They never appealed to me. They, I had bad associations with dogs from when I was growing up because there was a German shepherd who lived down the street that uh, behind a chain link fence. And I'd have to walk mm. home from school and he would run and he, he was chained up, but it was just like, right as his teeth were about to reach the fence, he was like, wow, pulled back. So I never liked dogs, but, um, we got a little, um, French bulldog, probably, gosh, I don't know if it's like 12 years now maybe longer, but she was like the first dog I ever really loved. And then the other dogs that came into our home, I, I really love them too. I finally, like the, the door for loving dogs opened a very wide. Um, and I, yeah, I love like cuddling with them and petting them and going for walks with them. And um, they're very sweet. Yeah. Oh, do you bring them on your, your little walking adventures that you were talking about earlier? Usually if I'm going on an adventure to walk, it's because I'm working on a song or I've got, I want to listen to, you know, I want to listen to a riff on my headphones and sort of let pictures come. So I don't want to stop all the time. Right. So the walking with the dogs is separate from me walking um, to create material for songs. Nice. And they both bring their own comfort, just different. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. We have a couple of dogs and I just wouldn't trade them for anything in the what world. What do you think of dogs? What kind of dogs? They're, they are both um, black standard poodles oh. and one of them's 15. The other one is younger and he's a rescue and um, they're just, you know, thing one and thing two or Tweedledee and Tweedledum and <laughs> yeah, Laurel and Hardy. They just, they just warm my heart. They're great. <laughs> um, so are, is there a, a certain place that brings you comfort, either a room in your home or even a place that you travel to before that you kind of conjure up in your mind? I suppose you mentioned how you conjure up New Mexico in your mind sometimes, but is there a different, you know, certain place you go to or think about? 
Well, the, in my own home, the this room that I'm sitting in right now, uh, where I can have all the artwork up that I love and pictures of my children and like drawings they've done. And I have an amplifier in here and a space heater. And um, so I can work on music or read and look around. Um, I also lived on a houseboat for a long time. And so I think small spaces um, where everything I look at is beautiful and essential because if you live in a houseboat, one object has to stand in for multiple objects, right? So if I have a trunk, it's filled with things that I need and I can put my typewriter on top of it, or I can use it as my dinner table, but everything has to be transformable in the room because it's small. Yep. Um, and then aside from New Mexico, I would say um, being in Colorado with my band, we go on tour and we haven't been able to go for two or years now because of the pandemic, but um, we uh, usually stay in an Airbnb um, so we have a home base and then we play in Fort Collins or Denver, Boulder or Jamestown. And um, so we just have a place to be together and cook food together, listen to music and then have three days off where we play music together and also go on hikes. So I'd mm. say Colorado is another one of those places for me with my band. Or So you're you're finding those mountains again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited about it. And <laughs> I'm longing for a, a, another road trip with my family. The last road trip we all went on together was to Moab, Utah. Okay. Uh, that was amazing. And we just hiked every single day. And it was, you know, I just love that. I love adventure. <laughs> I think. That's yeah, cool. that's that's wonderful. I, so what do you think it is about mountains that reaches you like that? I guess partly because I grew up with them and also because I associate mountains, I think with warmer climates, I like a little bit of a challenge. So, you know, hiking is, is can sometimes be a little bit challenging. And then also that you, you walk to a place and on the way it's beautiful. And then you get to the top of it and you're like, Oh my God, I would never have seen this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're offered something beautiful to look at the whole time. And then there's also, you know, if you get to the summit of something, um, you have a vista you wouldn't have had from the ground, from the base of the mountain. So, yeah. Just a beautiful perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Um, so we've talked about how you do theater and whatnot. What kind of theater do you do? Is it is it more comedy or, well, you said combat, so it must be. Yeah, well, I used I was an actor for a long time and I quit acting about six years ago, but I've also been doing um, fights for the stage, violence for the stage for a while. And I just keep learning more about it and diving more into it. And I just love it so much. Um, so I teach stage combat and then I do violence for stage. Um, and sometimes violence can be funny. It can be silly, you know, um, right. but, uh, but a lot, yeah, but usually if there's going to be violence on stage, it's, it comes at that point where, um, people, there's just, there's no talking about the thing anymore, right? You just have mm -hmm. to, you bust into a different part of your animal self, I think, you know? Um, and uh, I love to work with people and see what their strengths are and, you know, and help, you know, talk with them about what the story is. Cause we're just telling a story with our bodies that is violent, you know? Right. Um, and then finding ways uh, to, you know, create safety between the performers, but to tell a violent story. Um, so that's very challenging and a lot of fun. Yeah. So what I'm gleaning from you so far is that challenges bring you comfort. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is really, I think, almost kind of unique, but it's it's very <laughs> cool. Most of the conversations I've had so far have involved, which includes me, like 
blankets and a warm drink and, you know, sitting on the couch with your dog or a book. And you're like, oh no, I go climb mountains and I teach fighting. <laughs> it's fantastic. I love that kind of different perspective. This is really great. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but I think it has a little bit to do with like, you have to solve problems. And I think I like to solve problems, you know, um, especially creative ones. And I feel like adventures are creative. I feel like songwriting is creative. I feel like physical violence is creative, you know, when you're making it for the stage. So uh, yeah, I think that is very comforting. I get to access the all the parts of my being, right? My mind, my heart, my, my body, I, they're all engaged in these activities and they have to do with being connected to other people too, you know? So yeah. Yeah. That social part. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, so is there a certain, so you're part of the theater, you're part of the music world. Um, is there a certain movie or play or book or song or artist that kind of touches you in a certain way that you, you kind of turn to when in a time of maybe where you need some comfort? Well, this morning, actually, I was feeling really overwhelmed and sort of, you know, if you've been at your computer too long, you get over, you get overwhelmed, or you get like, uh, you just don't feel connected to the world anymore. And I was mm-hmm. like, I have to leave this and I have to go for a walk. And I was like, oh, what should I listen to? And actually somebody I listen to a lot that brings me comfort when I go for those walks is Steve Tibbetts. Um, he had a, an album called YR and it's, uh, it's one from a long, long time ago, but it's this beautiful guitar music. And um, I find that, I found that very, it soothes my brain. So sometimes I need different things. Like I needed my brain to be soothed. Sometimes I need my body to be soothed. Um, so that's different for me. Um, um, but uh, books, I always think about things that are, I find comforting are things that I return to. So sometimes if I want to relax, but also take in information, like I'll just read a book I've read already. So like I find Franny and Zoe oddly comforting because I've read it before and I know that story or even like the Ballad of the Sad Cafe. Um um, and films that I, I find comforting, even though they're kind of, I, mean, I feel silly about them, but I don't care. It's all right. Um, but like, I love, uh, um, well, shoot, what's the movie? It's, it's, um, oh no. Well, broadcast news. Cause I love Holly Hunter very, very much. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, the movie with Deborah Winger and Shirley MacLaine. Oh my God. It starts with a T. Oh my <laughs> Term, terms of endearment. Yes. Yes. And I don't know why I love it so much. It's just because I think it's like that when you're a kid, you know, kids love to see something over and over again because they feel a sense of mastery. So, and I feel like if I think of something like terms of endearment, like I know the part when the mom is going to be like, give my daughter the shot, you know, I know know in uh, broadcast news, like the moment Holly Hunter is going to hang up the phone and just start crying because that's how she gets ready for her day. She just like is so stressed out. She just cries. You know, I don't know. Oh, there's just something about the behaviors of these women in these films that I'm like, oh, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. That makes me laugh. You know, I don't know. I love it. Yeah, I, I think that and I guess we're talking now in a way about representation, right? And seeing ourselves represented. And it's great to see. I, I feel like maybe increasingly women and not just 20 year old women, but, you know, women in their actual stories, not the the that idealistic vision of them uh playing out in both in music and on on television and in film it's pretty great and in books yeah yeah absolutely yeah i find that pretty comforting <laughs> mm-hmm. um 
so do you have any any self-care rituals or anything like that? I don't know. Some people meditate or do yoga or take a hot bath or is there anything like that that, that you do besides walking? Baths are really important. Yeah, and yeah. baths always work if, yeah, I just want to relax, but they also work if I'm in pain at all. Mm. Um, I always just feel like getting into, I'd like to be really warm. Warmth yeah. is, the, is the first thing, but like uh, warm water is very, very important to me and is very comforting to me and soothing. Um, uh, I don't meditate, but I do um, stand and, and move around in a way that um, is feels meditative to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say I don't really have rituals around these things. It's just like, I'm like, oh, I need to be really warm. I need to get into a bath right now, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah so do you struggle with the Minnesota winters, Is there, especially coming from somewhere warmer and liking warmth? Do you find that hard or do you kind of embrace that challenge? I do not embrace the challenge. <laughs> um, And I've been here now since I was 11, you know, so I've been here for a very long time. And I think actually the way that I survive, and I've spoken with my family about this, because I thought for a while I would survive because I would be like, I'm going to go skiing and go Mm -hmm. ice skating. And I don't really enjoy that. I like sitting (laughs) by a fire. So that's, you know, that's something I can do in winter. But also I just get through at least the first, almost the first two thirds of it by just being in denial. I just put my head down. And mm-hmm. just go and I don't pay attention. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm just yep. going to this. And I'm going from my house to my car to the building. And then I'm just going to repeat that, you know, or go for walks if it's warmer. But um, I don't, uh, yeah, it's just denial. And now I'm, now I'm like, okay, I'm done. And it's always this point in the winter. I'm like, okay, stop being like this. That's oh, enough. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> but I know it's not going to be. So then I just have to like buckle down a little bit longer, you know, but um, yeah. So it's just. I not I don't know how anybody does it, but lots of people do. Most people yeah. like, like like skating and like skiing. I used to like to do that, but now I don't want to get hurt, so mm. just don't do that so much anymore. I feel the same way as you do. I'm I'm a hibernator. Mm-hmm. Like I tell all my friends and, and neighbors, I'll see you. You know, in May. <laughs> That's kind of maybe April if we're lucky. Oh, I prefer that way. Of, I prefer that word, hibernating. Yeah, I hibernate. I think that's it's got a positive ring to it. It really does. Because when I say yeah. denial, that yeah. just sounds negative. But like hibernating makes it's sense. It's a natural thing to hibernate, right? It is. It is. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, I'm, okay. Now I'm using that word. Yeah. Just You're just hibernating. Yeah. It's fine. Hibernating. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. I'm like you. I, I just, I kind of get in denial. I kind of wish maybe someday I'll start a petition. Like if we move the whole Christmas and new year's stuff, like to, you know, mid to late February, like we need the fun. Cause all the fun starts or happens right at the beginning of winter. Right. We have all those fun holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas and new year's. And then it's like, mm, Valentine's day, whoop de doo And then there's like nothing right at the worst part of winter. There's nothing. Go- Our family actually just this week decided we're inventing a holiday. Do you have a for our family? Do you know we what called it? it. Yeah, we called it Varioli Day, which is a play on our last name, Oliveri. <laughs> and I just bought decorations today at Party City. We're going to celebrate on Saturday. <laughs> yep. So I we just decided, you know, winter's long and we need something fun. So we're just going to. What are we waiting for? We'll just make up our own holiday. That's really great. I love so, that. 
I love yeah. that. Yeah. Got to have something know. to look forward to, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why this is bringing up the story for me, but um, there was one time in our old house where we did have a wood stove when um, there was a power outage and it was just as I was about to cook dinner. And like the oh. girls and I, who they were, the, my kids were young. And I was like, we're just going to cook everything on the wood stove. <laughs> we made like so- soup and toast and had candles. And that was really fun. I, like, we played like Little House on the Prairie, basically. <laughs> That's super. I love that. It's funny how sometimes, you know, events happen and like there's two directions you can go. You can be upset and frustrated and mad and throw a tantrum or you can just roll with it. And sometimes if you roll with it, it ends up being something really memorable and actually fun and wonderful. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I love it. Um, Okay, I'm going to flip the tables a little bit. We're getting toward the end here. So I've been asking you about all the things that bring you comfort this whole time. Now I'm going to ask you, how do you bring comfort to other people? I think that I listen. I I think that's it. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. basically it. I think that I listen. I learned from my daughter that a well-timed joke is really important too. Like if somebody's mm-hmm. having a hard time, you know, I've seen her, I've seen the way my, my daughters deal with one another and they're so good with each other because they're supportive when the other one is really sad, right? But they're also like put in a little zinger, a little something fun and light, right? To lighten. Yeah. So I'm learning about that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I just think, I think I'm empathic. I think I listen and um, I don't really offer suggestions because sometimes that's not a not what's necessary. I find often that people just need to talk about what's happening mm-hmm. and to um, have someone empathize and understand the experience they're going through. Um, so I would say that. And then I would say that back rubs, like I give my, my youngest daughter back rubs, like and, nice. and she asks for them and that's, that's really fun. And um, yeah. And my husband is going through a process where he's, he's, he's writing a lot he's working on a book. And, and um, so I just like to listen to him talk about what he's working through and, and what he's thinking about. And yeah. So I'd say listening. Nice. I like that about the little jokes though, because that's the, it's a talent to know where and when and how, yes. <laughs> but, the, but if you do it right, that really sometimes is what the laughter is the best medicine. It's cliche, but it's true. Yeah. 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 What about with your, with your music and your art, your art, or when you were acting, do you feel like that? Like when you were speaking earlier about connecting with your audience, do you feel that you're bringing something to them? Do you get that from them that you're giving them something or is it just more of a reciprocal in the moment, happy, fun time? I think it's reciprocal and in the moment, but I also have to imagine because when I am in the presence of people whose art I like to partake of, you know, when I'm listening to a singer I really love, or they're speaking, they're singing about something that I've experienced, but they're using different words or a different way to express it. I find that incredibly comforting. So I would just assume as an artist in the stream of artists that um, if, if I'm, if I happen to be speaking to anyone else's experience, that that's beautiful. I like, I love that. Oh, like the other night we were, we played in Rochester and I saw these two women out in the audience and they just looked like incredibly like intelligent women who are about my age. And I could tell they were listening to everything I was singing. And they came up to me afterwards and we talked briefly and they're like, we really, you know, they just enjoyed what they heard. And I just said, I loved singing for you because I could tell you were, you were, you were present to what was happening. And I could tell you were really intelligent and you really wanted to be there and you really wanted to understand what was, what the stories were. And they were like, yeah, that's true. You know? 
And then also, and then on the other side of that, there were Girl Scouts on the side of the stage who were selling Girl Scout cookies. So I was like their, their hype man all night and they were just dancing, like the kids were dancing. So for me, it's just like, I love connecting with people so much. My band loves connecting with people. And I think that is comforting. I think acknowledging your humanity in front of someone else who's acknowledging their own and how the two of them, how they, how they intersect. I think that's mm-hmm. incredibly comforting. And I, and I do love having those experiences. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's completely reliant on everybody being present in the room in some ways, you know? So it's not so much that I offer anything. It's that we are meeting to offer something to one another. Yeah, know? that's beautiful. I love the uh, that image of, you know, the the slightly older women who are more focused and under, you know, you're you're connecting with them in that way in the life experience level, but then the kids on the other side who are connecting with it just as much, just differently and they're dancing and having fun. Yeah. And they drew us little pictures. They were like, thanks for oh. the music. And they drew pictures of them dancing. And yeah, it, oh, was, that's amazing. it was, it was amazing. I love it. I loved it. Yeah. On, on a final note, because since you brought up the Girl Scouts, do you have a favorite Girl Scout cookie? Oh, Thin Mints. Right. Yeah. You can't I mean, go wrong with those. No. And there's sort of, a, for me, there's really no other Girl Scout cookie. It's just, <laughs> just one. When I say Girl Scout cookies, it's synonymous with Thin Mints. Thin Mint. In the freezer or no, I was just on the Brian Oak show last week and they had this conversation. Like, do you put them in the freezer? Do not put them in the freezer. What What are your thoughts? I just leave them out. Yeah. Same yeah. here. Same yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. quicker access. I was going to say that. Yeah. And we don't like being cold, right? And so like, why would we open the freezer? Yeah. Why well, am I going to put my hand in there and get a treat? No. <laughs> exactly. No, <laughs> I love it. Well, this has been super duper. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. I know you're busy. So, um, yeah, it was fun to been... talk with you. So it was great. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And a big thank you to Annie for taking the time out of her busy day to chat with me. Don't forget to check the show notes for her sour cream coffee cake recipe and links to her band and solo music projects. Be sure to join me next time as we discover more feel-good stories and tips and tricks to bring more cozy, calm, and happy feelings to your day. Before I go, a nod to Canal for the intro and outro music, which is based on a song called The Mess Inside Your Head. Hopefully we've helped calm that mess a little bit today. Take care and talk soon. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.